our national and presidential expert and noted author. You can find his books over at Next Chapter Books in St. Paul, as well as also TotallyIowa.com, the Iowa Business Report, and the Iowa Politics Report. Come to us from KXEL, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where Jeff is located right now. Hi, Jeff. Matthew, good afternoon. Hope all is well and that you've calmed down from the rant in the last segment. Well, You're getting a little pink there. I Well, I'm always a little pink. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think it's marbling, I think it's called. <laughs> so I, I want to start off with actually something that's completely probably hasn't been talked about much, but I think is in, just at least in my perception is a major shift. And that was a little moment with Speaker McCarthy in Israel at a press conference and was confronted by a Russian journalist who basically seemed to be taking the, atti- the attitude of, well, you're clearly talking to the Republican Speaker of the House. You're clearly on the side of Russia. When are we going to stop all this shenanigans with Ukraine? To which McCarthy very strongly condemned the Russians, told them they want the Ukrainian war over. They should leave. They're the ones who started it, and we're standing by Ukraine. Not even mixing words. Yeah. The, the significance of that, in my mind, is I, I think – let's look at this internationally a little bit. I think what we're seeing is the true damage done by Vladimir Putin to himself and his country, that the fact that even the Republicans and and who have kind of toyed with the idea of we really don't want to get involved are now very much against the Russians. I think it's clear to me that the the Russians, this whole fiasco for them has cost them everything. In every respect. I mean, it has cost them blood. It has cost them treasure. It has cost them whatever measure of respect might have been existent in terms of them on the world stage. I mean, it just everything wiped out. And you're right for McCarthy to frankly take a strong stand on any topic is headline worthy, uh, <laughs> but especially on this one. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure it's if you're uh, if you're McCarthy, you're glad that Mitch McConnell gave you a full throated endorsement for the statement. <laughs> Do I want McConnell on my side? I don't know. But in any case, uh, it, it was uh, something that, again, a bit atypical for this speaker. And I don't know if he is um, emboldened because of the bill that passed last week, if he was emboldened because he spoke to the Knesset. Uh, or if he's just starting to get a little little bit of a groove going on and uh, and feels comfortable making these kinds of statements, because he's got the job, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he never said a thing when he was running for the job uh, that, that could pin him down to any key issue. Well, and I also think the fact that we did not hear immediately afterwards the extreme far-right fringe, who has been very pro-Russia, basically they went quiet. And I, and, I, and I think that this is, I mean, there's a, a story, I don't know if you've seen this, but Russia over the last few weeks has been canceling all their May Day parades. It's, they have the main one in Moscow, but they have them all around the country. And they were canceling them basically because they don't have any military wear to march down the street with like they usually do. There was a story of an alleged attack in Moscow 
that what they said was a drone attack there. It seems very sketchy. There are actually Russians, it seems like, on top of the building at the time this supposed you know explosion happened, which was a fairly minor, it looked more like a firework than anything else. And there are people who are speculating they don't have enough weapons to do a parade in Moscow. And so they're kind of looking for ways to basically get this out of the way and you know be able to cancel this because quite literally everything they, they they're sending down Cold War era Arctic machinery down to the Ukraine because that's all they have left. Well, you've got a couple of things going on there. One, they were also afraid of protests. Yeah. And again, because they couldn't control the public opinion. So you have the lack of military hardware, you have the lack of people to keep the public quiet. And when things are going bad, what do you do? Well, you set up a, a smoke screen. So they say uh, it was an assassination attempt on Putin by a Ukrainian drone. Does any part of that story make any sense? Uh, there's no sense that the Ukrainian uh, military has a drone that can go that far, <laughs> yes. much less. And I don't know much about this stuff. You served. Bless you for doing that. You know more about this than I do. But don't you have to be in the same room with the person if you're going to assassinate them? In other words, here is this piddly little drone, and unless Putin was standing on the roof, waving, shirtless, waving, whatever they drop is going to do nothing. I, you know, unless it would obliterate the whole building, and you're not going to get that kind of munition on a, I, I don't know. Well, no, and, Are we sure they weren't just delivering a pizza? It could, it could have been one of those Amazon flyers. Yeah, we don't know. I'm saying, it was, sure. Well, it, the way these drones work and the way I've understood them is that you generally do have to be at least within like 20 miles of the target. And that's why they are able to, the Ukrainians are able to make some hits into Russia on those border areas. They've been able to get some strikes in there. There's also been right. some sabotage that's happened within Russia that's not been drone based, but they've been able to, 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 you know, hit infrastructure, whether that's fires, whether that's train derailment, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. sure. um, for them to do this in Moscow. Now you got to remember Moscow right now is basically a police state. They are so terrified of everything. There's, 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 really no way you're going to be able to have some guy sit on a corner and launch a drone and no one's going to see this. So there, there's that thing too. So it would have had to have been launched somewhere near Moscow. It would have had, and considering the amount of police presence, you know, security presence, some military presence that around that city, I, I'm just not buying this. I think he's desperately just trying to, he, he, he is so scared of being out in public and someone taking a shot at him that I think he's just trying to find any reason in the world just to stay inside and hide. Well, and once again, if you're trying to, I agree with what you said, but once again, if you're trying to marshal support for what is probably becoming an increasingly unpopular war, then don't you make it seem like those bad Ukrainians are coming after fearless leader, right? I mean, isn't that really what, and so it's, well, you see, this is an assassination attempt against Putin. If they get that spin out to try to whip up a little bit of national fervor, that may aid the Putin effort. But again, from the outside, it is so patently obvious that it makes no sense. You have to be the the most diehard supporter to give it any credence whatsoever. And so that's the trick, though, with information. The rest of the world looks at this and says, you could have gotten a better drone at Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Well, but in, in, in country are they able to ferret that out as the big lie? Well, and by the way, one other last thing here, too, on this issue is that 
uh, out of Crimea right now. The Russians are flying a bunch of stuff out of planes out of Crimea right now. And a lot of people are taking that as they can't defend it anymore. That the, the the Ukrainians are now, because of all these Western weapons, are actually starting to get a major advantage here. And so they're just trying to get stuff out of there. Doesn't mean that they won't level that entire area to the ground, because that's what kind of what Russia does, and then sure. and then leave. But still, at the same time, that does not bode well for them either. I, I just, it is amazing the amount of people who have been, especially on that far right, who in, in Tulsi Gabbard, who have been very pro-Russia, who all of a sudden have gotten real quiet lately, especially after McCarthy. You'd think that that McCarthy statement would have drawn some ire, especially from the far right. At the very least, and there are some who are not so much pro-Russia as this is not our fight. Now, the the end result is the same, right? If you're not supporting Ukraine, you're supporting Russia. But the silence, yeah, it's it's just deafening. And I don't... I don't know if some of these folks have gotten the back channel of, well, you find out what we know kind of thing. I I don't know. I still don't think McCarthy's all that strong as a speaker, despite the fact that he got the votes he needed last week. Let's see how things go next Tuesday uh, with regard to debt ceiling. But yes, for him to, you know, he was, he was riding high first uh, U S speaker to talk to the Knesset in what? 25 years, 30, you know, something like that. I mean, so it was, you know, he, he was having a good week and he was feeling full of it and said, uh, said in no uncertain terms, as you noted, words that you just haven't heard from him in the past. Uh, turning our attention uh, towards Trump here, uh, there, the, the announcement today, and, and you and I have talked of all the legal issues Trump has got. The biggest trouble for him was the E. Jean Carroll case. This is, a, you know, this is, you know, he, he did everything in his power to stop this. There seemed to be copious amounts of evidence and witnesses. This was real trouble. It's this case has not gone well for him. His lawyer is basically like uh, you know a, a character from from a, a drunk a drunken Italian New York law law firm or something. I don't know. It's it, it's 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 like a caricature. His lawyer is like a caricature in this thing, and now he's announcing they're not even going to bring a defense. And, and, and I, I just, it's, it it really is. I mean, this is, I think he sees this and it was really weird early in the trial last week when the, the day the trial started, Trump was basically online ripping on uh, E. Jean Carroll. The judge said, no, the next day, Eric went out there and said something. And the judge said, no, really, this ends now. (laughs) And, 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 you know, it's almost like their entire defense was basically just to, to tease her from the other side of the playground or something like that. I I don't know what they're thinking. This is, they are going to lose this case. I just don't see how they're going to win it. Well, keep in mind, Joe Tacopino, his lawyer, well-known in media circles, he's been, uh, you know, a commentator for a long time because he gives good quotes and he fits a certain stereotype or a certain persona. How many people on the jury will that appeal to? I can't say, have no idea. Um, The idea of what defense would you put on? Because if you think about it, is it not her word against his word at its base level? Now, did she then tell other people, was there other evidence? I'm not dismissing that. But what would a defense be? No, it didn't happen. Well, are you going to put Trump on the stand under oath to say, no, it didn't happen? <laughs> no, you could, you, you could. could. And he'd be a nightmare that. for him. Yeah, you could. But well, because of what you open up. Yeah. He's now on the stand. He's going to say, I categorically deny that this happened. 
Well, have you ever had any uh, similar situations with other women? There we go, down the road. I mean, it's there's nothing to be gained by Trump himself testifying to deny the allegations. Beyond Trump testifying himself as to what or what did what did not go on in a dressing room in a department store, what defense is there? If you have witnesses that could say that she's a pathological liar and here are the psychologist's notes, okay, maybe that, but you don't have that. And so what you do as the lawyer then is you try to poke holes in the case during their case. And when it comes your turn, you just basically say to the jury, there's no, why waste your time? Mm -hmm. We have nothing that we're going to present. We think the case speaks for itself. Now, is that a risky strategy? Yeah, but what's a riskier strategy is having Trump under oath. Because if a judge opens the door, just, well, judge doesn't have to. Let me rephrase that. Let's say that Takapino asks Trump a very narrow question, but he answers it somewhat broadly. The door is now open for the other side. And you're, you're going to have to get popcorn because you just cannot watch this without snacking. It's, it's, if he says something, I've never lied. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is that what he would? They, were, they, they couldn't. They can't put him on the line. I will say this. The one witness they were going to, they're saying has health issues. But I'm guessing the psychiatrist that was going to testify has seen how this trial is going and doesn't want any part of it. Uh, well, the, the health end, issues is the person saw the trial and got sick to their stomach. Yeah, there's like, I don't want to be the person you know, getting in front of this train. Um, <laughs> okay, so, you know, it, say the guilty verdict comes undone. It's mm-hmm. not going to – his most loyal supporters are not going to change their mind. They'll think it's a fix, QAnon, whatever the case may be. What well, let's this- say it's a, New York, it's a New York jury. The fix is in. The judge – you know, yeah. They're, 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 you either know what you're getting or you can – and you don't care, right? Mm-hmm. That's been the thing with a Trump voter. You either know about the personal background and you don't care or – you're going to say that the fix was in on this and it's not going to matter. You're right about that. Well, and, and the, the, you know, this is not, he's not going to pick up any Democratic votes for any, any reason. It's the independents and the moderate Republicans who are starting to wake up and realize Trump is not good for their party. I, I don't think that it's going to endear him to them anymore by basically having a convicted rapist, you know, as, as, as their candidate. I mean, it becomes even a harder sell and, Whereas, I mean, I still think that there's nothing stopping Trump becoming the nominee. It's just I, I've got to imagine at some point there's there's just a pure exasperation because, you know, this it's you're not going to win over the the majority by having this kind of baggage. And this is once again, this is just one of the legal cases against him. Well, and keep in mind a couple of things. The vast majority of Americans don't want a sequel of the 2020 election. They just don't. They don't want to go through it. They don't want either candidate. And so this certainly doesn't help that. Now, I'm going to make a, a small correction. He's not going to be convicted of rape. He will be found liable for damages in a civil case. Now, yes, here's why right. that's right. – and I only make that distinction not to, to, you know, to pick uh, because the act is the same. But a criminal conviction would carry, I think, a lot more weight with certainly independents, but even Republicans, a civil suit for damages decades after the fact in New York. I mean, all of those things, you can disclaim it. Uh, Twelve unanimous jurors in a criminal conviction. That would really make a difference. And they don't have that case. So, again, I don't think it helps them by any stretch. An actual criminal conviction would be much worse. And I'm not uh, that that is said as neutrally as possible. 
and it's not a, uh, it's not suggesting anything about the merits of the case. It's just making a distinction. We'll take a break. When we come on back, let's talk about the post Tucker world, because this actually is a big, uh, kind of, uh, crater that's just been left as far as right-wing messaging goes, and we want to talk a little bit about that. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual Wednesday visit, 952-946-6205. It is the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us for his Wednesday visit. Uh, Jeff, the the second he was let go and there was a reference to a text message, or a message that uh, Tucker Carlson had sent, which was the cause of his removal from Fox News. You knew at some point this was going to get out. Uh, I'm going to just read a little bit of this here, and it, it's it, and you know, it is pretty. I don't blame Fox for dumping him at this point. Uh, reading from this is Tucker Carlson on a text. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living blank out of him. It was three against one at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable. Obviously, it's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I wanted, I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Um, he goes on to say, hey, that's not me, but ugh. Uh, needless to say, I can imagine the executive class of Fox News going, what? And uh, realizing well, he's going to take over the uh, five o'clock slot on the progressive voice of Minnesota, right? Oh, no, With that you're... kind of, t- you're going to bring him in in a heartbeat, aren't you? I, I mean, it's, it's RT wanted him. Uh, Russia Today wanted wanted him. Uh, they were offering him a job immediately. I don't know if it, I don't know where he'll end up. I will say this from the Glenn Beck, Beck and uh, Bill O'Reilly school: you're not going to have nearly the audience that you had before, but it doesn't mean you're not going to make a lot of money. But still, right. he's it. It, it is. Uh, you know, first of all, it's very understandable why Fox News let him go. I mean, you read this; this is pretty horrendous. Correct? It is, but I still maintain. It was the text that he sent criticizing the Murdoch family that really got him fired mm. because they'll put up with a lot until it starts affecting them. But remember with O'Reilly, there were all sorts of rumors. There was all sorts of lawsuits. He settled a lawsuit for sexual harassment privately. Fox was not even named. O'Reilly paid you know, like $32 million. And the problem was the New York newspaper started covering it and then drawing comparisons between O'Reilly's behavior and Rupert Murdoch, shall we say, colorful history. And then he was gone because then the story went away. So you, you start criticizing the family or the family starts looking bad, then you're gone. Now, I am happy to tell you, though, because Father's Day is coming up, and I wanted to get you the Tucker Carlson quarter zip pullover on his website. Wow. Okay. And it's still available for $155. Is it? Um, it is. Uh, 2X work? <laughs> it's... I can get you one. Here's the thing. This this is what's so dumb. That's a lot of blood for kindling, man. I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> well, when you think Tucker Carlson, you think fishing, right? Yeah. yeah that's what... <laughs> because this is what I can't figure out. The logo. And again, none of the stuff he's selling on the website is for the show. And none of it is Fox News. It's his website, and it the logo has his name with a fishing rod and reel. Tell me how this makes any sense whatsoever. Uh. I mean, if I went to mattmcneil.com and I got myself a $155 quarter zip pullover, 
I'd, I'd expect an outdoorsy image. I don't really get that from, from Mr. Carlson, who still, he must have had a sweet deal with the network because he still has their clips on his website. Uh-huh. He must own the rights to the material, and he's just sitting back because the last I heard from people who supposedly know, he's still under contract. They said, you're off the air, but they're still stroking big checks every two weeks to him for the length of the contract, and that will keep him off the air. Carlson is beloved by a lot of people on the far right. Um, he was, some. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> some. some, it's not universal, it's, but some, yeah. some, but he was probably the biggest, uh, face and voice of, of, of right-wing television for sure. And, you know, it, it's interesting because we've talked about OAN and Newsmax and how they, and, and they got booted off of uh direct TV and there's, there's, they're, they're kind of a mix, you know, mishmash of where they're available. Most of it's online and stuff like this. It's going to be interesting. How do you think this affects how conservatives get news? Because, once again, there's a lot of people that loyally every night tuned in, and that's clear by the amount of ratings drop they've had on Fox News. Well, they're they're trying to find what other sources are out there and just waiting to see what happens next. Does he land somewhere else? Uh, You know, you can still get O'Reilly every night. You can get back. You can subscribe to his stuff. So they don't – the ones who leave don't have the audience that they used to in the glory days. But because they own the properties, every listener or every viewer is paying a fee and they're making bank like crazy. And so it depends. What what did he want to be when he grew up? Did he want to be the most listened to or the richest? Mm-hmm. Because he may have just given up one for the other. Well, and, and Alex Jones is the the, the, the the example of that, although he's got all of his legal problems and he's a horrible human being. He makes an insane amount of money selling those freaking dietary supplements and stuff. He He's not exactly going check to check. He still is doing pretty good. I was going to say, he's a horrible human being, but other than that. Yeah, that's, that's a, he's, he's the scum of the earth, but, you know, hey, how about that polka? Uh, Jeff Stein, once again, uh, find his books over at Next Chapter Books and TotallyIowa.com. Uh, I'll post the Iowa Politics Report a little bit later on. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. Hour two, yes, that's coming up next.